Hey, it's DG, and I want to send you a ton of free marketing stuff right to your door or your inbox, whatever you want. I'm serious because, look, we know how it is. One of my favorite things about doing marketing at Drift is that we are all marketers just like you. So we're marketers doing marketing to marketers. It's crazy. And one thing we know that in the B2B world, there's so much content out there. It can be hard to figure out what to read and who to trust if you're looking to grow your business. And so we put together something that I call the ultimate conversational marketing starter kit. We asked our top customers, literally turned to them and said, what resources would you give to somebody new to drift and conversational marketing? And we're packaging all that up to send right to your door for the first time for free. So that means I will send you a copy of the book I wrote with my boss, our CEO, David Can on conversational marketing. This book was an instant number one new release on Amazon in three categories, and it's already sold 10,000 plus copies to date. I'll literally send you the actual 262 page hardcover book right to your door. Also, we'll send you This Won't Scale, a digital copy of our very popular book, This Won't Scale, which is a book we wrote as a marketing team about how we do marketing at Drift. It's 110 pages. It's only been available as a hard copy, but we're making it available digitally for the first time as part of this offer. We'll also send you the Modern Marketers Playbook. You'll get a digital copy of our Modern Marketers Playbook, which is a guide we wrote with strategic insights from 35 of today's most influential marketing leaders from companies like Slack, LinkedIn, Okta, Vimeo, and more. We'll also give you the Conversational Marketing Blueprint, which is the best next step after you read the Conversational Marketing book. And it gives you a step-by-step guide for implementing and optimizing conversational marketing for your business and... It's not over. The Conversational Sales Handbook. This is the guide you're going to need to give to your sales team to build your conversational sales strategy, aka what you do after you take everything you've learned in the book and the blueprint. All you have to do is visit drift.com slash starter and grab all this stuff right now. That's starter, S-T-A-R-T-E-R. I tried to have no Boston accent on that. Drift.com slash starter. We'll send everything right to your door or we'll literally uh, just send an email if you'd prefer that, okay? Drift.com slash starter, and I will see you hopefully there. What's up, everybody? It's Billy Jean, and you're listening to The Swipe File. Keep listening to The Swipe File for actual tactical shit to do to grow your business. Keep swiping, baby. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's DG, and this might be the most excited I've been for a new episode of The Swipe File because I realized someone was missing. I'm only talking to you know big-name CMOs or giving you a rant of myself. I want to bring in just people that I want to learn from selfishly in marketing. And so today I have an amazing guest. His name is Billy Jean Shaw, a.k.a. BillyJeanIsMarketing.com. He is one of the best paid advertising people, experts in the world. And basically this episode is about 30 minutes of him just schooling me on how to come up with offers, how they run some crazy campaigns, including how he sold an offer on his 31st birthday for $31 and made over a million dollars in a week. It's crazy. I have like pages and pages of notes of this. You can ask the Drift team. I went nuts after this interview. Super excited to get it out there. Here's my conversation with Billy Jean. For yes. you and your audience, like cursing, no cursing, I can go either Low. way. Curse, all please. I don't know how to speak without cursing. So, all right, perfect. All right, cool, man. I'm here with Billy Jean. Do people call you Billy Jean Shaw or just Billy Jean? They usually call me Billy Jean, but that's how I know if I like known someone for a long time because they use my real last name instead of my middle name. <laughs> Billy Jean Shaw. Why did you go with Billy Jean then? If why did you use your middle name? Because of all the plays on. 
Michael and there's just so many Billy. Well, Jean you know what's crazy? I'm the third. So I'm Billy Jean Shaw the third, which means my grandpa was there, which means it was before the song. And the wow. song's about us. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's true, but yeah. If I'm just replaying the words in them, a song in my head. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't. But uh, yeah, man. So I, I went with Billie Jean, though, specifically because it was just more marketable. And every time I said Billie Jean, I would be like out at like networking events or whatever. People remembered it because of the Michael Jackson song. Nice. And so they're like, okay, it just kind of stuck. And so for me, from a marketing standpoint, I was like, all right. Nobody was going to remember Shaw. Everybody remembers Gene. Let's roll with it. And then I decided to go with it. So, okay. So here's the deal. So if you're listening to my show right now, you know that this is, we call the show The Swipe File. And I've realized that I've been having a lot of like the best CMOs from B2B companies, you know, doing billion in revenue. And, but I want to like expand that and I want to get a little bit more in the weeds on stuff. And, and so Billy was the first person that I reached out to. We got connected through Ryan and Marcus, our friends from Digital Marketer who, you know, Ryan's been on the show a bunch and, and just a good friend. And so I was doing a bunch of research. I told you I didn't want to prep, but I did read some things like people have called you you're the best in the world when it comes to paid advertising. Can you say a little bit more about that? I'll take it. I mean, how do you become the best in the world at paid advertising? Like, you're not yeah. saying, you know, your, your company is Billie Jean is marketing, right? Right. But your thing is like, is social media advertising. Correct. I would say like one, like everything is subjective, right? Like I, this will be fun because my background and my strength is not typically to the B2B space. We're more of the, hey, if you're a, local business underneath the million dollar a year, or if you have that one year or 1 million to 5 million in annual revenue, that seemed to be like the sweet spot for people who apply our shit and the communication we've been having in the audience that we've built. However, as I'm doing like more consulting and meeting more people in the B2B space, I look at it and I'm like, yo, there's so much shit that you guys should be doing here. And there's like, I don't know, it's, it's been kind of like this intersection. And it's really interesting, man, because it's the same shit, but different, but the same. So, I mean, that is like, I smiled when you said that, because that's why I get so fired up watching people like you and just going nuts on, on YouTube, right? It's why we hang out with the digital marketer guys also. Like, I just think at the end of the day, if you just follow the playbook in B2B marketing, you're just going to end up doing what everybody else does, which is send out a webinar. It's like, Billy, tomorrow at 2 p.m., we're hosting a webinar with our friends at Blah. You can register <laughs> right. But like I see some of the ways that you're, to me, marketing is all about just starting conversations with the people who you want to ultimately buy from you one day. Yeah. And every great marketer, whether you're in B2B, B2C, whatever, they all have that one thing in common, which is they understand people. And I think you understand how to make people move. And I think we could plug you, like you could take my job right now and plug in and be wildly successful at Drift just because you understand all of those principles, right? Go back to, you know, the Cialdini and, this, and the principles of influence and every social psychology book ever, right? Like yeah. I think you understand those things and it's just like you've used paid as the channel to kind of, you know, put Yeah, the and, and that's funny because like, even for me, like when people have mentioned, yeah, but I'm B2B, yeah, but I'm B2C, yeah, but I sell physical products. When I hear that, no matter what, at the end of the day, right? I always go human to human. I'm like, oh, okay, like you're B2B, cool, but who are you selling to? They're like, oh, well, this person. Like, oh, you are selling to a person. It's not a thing. Yeah, yeah, well, there's this person, but oh, it's a fucking human. So we should talk like we're talking to humans. And for some reason, I feel like that gets lost in the sauce when it's B2B and these things are at scale, but then it comes back around. So I think the biggest shift and the biggest priority I put on marketing today, specifically in 2019 and beyond, is one word that no one's paying enough attention to. 
and it's entertainment. Mm. And I have a saying, I say, boring will put you out of business in 2019 and beyond. And when you have people, and when people think of scaling their business at one point or another, they always come to the intersection of social. And you have a lot of B2B people that I've personally interact with, and they say, well, social doesn't really work for us. And it's not that social doesn't work, but the way you've been doing business and you're trying to transfer into social, that doesn't work because of what you just said in the beginning. Sign up for my webinar. That shit doesn't fly anymore. Like on social, you got to be more creative. You got to be more entertaining. You got to be more polarizing. And so I think for me, why I call myself, you know, or other people have called me the best in the world is because I think I've mastered and figured out how to entertain while still educating and also to maintaining brand integrity, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. I want to talk about an example. So speaking of entertaining, okay, about less than a week ago, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a video of you. You're on stage and I see you, you pull something out of your pocket and you're like, and I'll package it all up and I'll put it on a USB drive and I'll send it right to your door. And then you're like, fuck it. If you don't want that, I'll just email it to you because it's 2019. And I was like, oh my God. So that's an example of like, (laughs) So we stole that offer, packaged up like a ton of our content and literally last week shot a video with me and it's all digital products that we're selling. But what I did is I printed them all out and like I took took your advice. You said, go to Staples. We have a nice color printer here. So I didn't. So there's a video. I have to send it to you. It's me. I'm holding up this ebook and I'm going literally, yes, this is an ebook, but I printed it out to show you on this video. And like, that is just a little gimmick, but that's going to get people to start conversations. And I don't know if people are going to want the USB drive or not, but I know, I know that people are going to take a screenshot of me holding that up and be like, this guy is doing B2B software marketing and he's talking about a USB drive. I, by the way, you should see the frenzy that me using a USB drive at a corporate company like this, put our IT team in earlier today. (laughs) Well, you know, so let me talk more about the experiment, if you don't mind. Uh, to give yeah, you I want to know. I want to know. That's what yeah. I want the facts. I want the real stuff. So what do you For sure. Okay. So yeah, swipe file, right? Okay. So four years ago, I'm running ads to not only get agency clients for my agency, but also to like, you know, sell our trainings and our courses, et cetera. And forever, my whole headline was like, hey, you know, get the top 10 best performing ads that I've ever created and I'll email them to you. Right. That was the whole thing. And to me, I'm like, dude, this is the greatest lead magnet ever. Like who wouldn't want our best ads? And we did it and it worked. But the cost per lead, I felt like it for how good the hook I thought was, it didn't do as good. And then I remember being at an event and I gave things away physically. And I remember people just like jumping up and down for this physical thing. So I told my team, I said, you know what? Let's put a physical component to this. And we ordered the flash drives and we took those best performing ad campaigns, put them on a little flash drive. So I'll walk you through the entire ad. So the first thing was entertainment and curiosity, getting people to watch. And one thing that has already been proven to work are unboxings. You can go all through YouTube, right? And when people unbox stuff, people pay attention. And as the user, when someone's opening a box, you can't click away because you have to know what's in the box, like at this point. So I said, okay, let's follow that. So I get my team out and we get a camera. I think we filmed it on a freaking cell phone, mind you. And I said, all right, start recording. And I said, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Billy Jean. And inside this box, I have a gift for you that's going to change your business. And then I literally opened the box, and I cut it open, and I go, boom, right here is a USB drive with my 10 best performing ads ever. I've been running an agency. I work with these franchises, da 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 and I want you to have it. 
All you got to do is pay the shipping. By the way, and then this is getting into the objection. By the way, if you're one of those people who's like, oh my God, no, I have to pay shipping. Then shut the hell up. You don't deserve it. Get out of here. You're cheap. You're exactly the type of customer we don't want to attract. And I physically say that. And then I say, click here. I'll send it to you. Tell me where to ship it. And here's where you really get the urgency. I say, by the way, this is a box. I only have this many. And I start passing out to the team. So I said, as soon as these are gone, they're gone. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll order more, but I'm not going to promise that. So here you go. Once these are gone, we'll figure it out from there. There you go. Boom. And that was the offer. Now, here's the craziest thing about this experiment. Number one, it converted like crazy. People, boom, boom, boom. But this was the best part is as the upsell for $29.95 or $19.95, I don't remember exactly, on the upsell, it was a little bump, just a little checkmark button that you click. And it said, hey, if you shouldn't like me, and you want these right away, and you'd also like us to send you the digital, then go ahead and click here and you can purchase the instant access right now. Now we're selling the thing they didn't want for free, and we're getting like one out of three people to take the bump. <laughs> and, and, and playing on the instant gratification. I don't want to wait exactly. four days to get this in the mail. Man, that's amazing. So how do you, like when you come up with a crazy, I want to know like your process, right? Because you, yeah. the most fun part of marketing to me is like, you're in the shower, you're at the gym, you're in the car, you're like, oh, I got this crazy idea. What yeah. happens, like go behind the scenes and tell me what happens for from sure. like, you have this idea for an offer and I want to know all the way to like, how do you then go get traffic on the offer? Because it's not okay. like you just added a new page to your site and got four people in your funnel. So I want to know like that right. whole process. Yeah, so... At first, I think I just started to do videos and like kind of like have fun with it, whatever I just felt like doing. But then as I learned more and got better, I really started to realize there's like, there's math to this. And the first thing that I like to do to give your audience tactics, I'm a tactic guy, is live in Google Trends, right? And so just for those of you that aren't familiar, a lot of you listening probably are, but just go to Google, type in the words Google Trends. And then in there, they're going to tell you for free. It just says what everybody's talking about in the world. So for example, when the Avengers came out, everybody was hyped on the Avengers, right? It was the number one selling movie of all time out of anything ever. But trending on Google was the Avengers. And so to me, that's where my brain starts. See, like notice most time you talk to marketers, it's like, you know, well, what's my audience want? The product, the customer, da, 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 da. No, 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 no. Because I know if I want my shit to actually be seen and I want my cost to proclaim to get down, I need to go to entertainment first. So I start with the trending. Okay, so Avengers. Then I may say, all right, well, if the Avengers is trending, how can I be creative enough to make my offer and still talk about the Avengers? And that's where it begins. And then I do this simple exercise. I take out a blank piece of paper and I draw a giant capitalized letter T like this. If this was on a paper, you see this right here. And then on the left side or the right side, this side over there, I write problem. And on the other side, I write solution. And then I write the top 10 problems that that audience member is facing. Like whoever it is, that customer that I want, what are the top 10 problems that they're facing? And then I view them and I say, okay, well, which one of these can I solve with my solution? And what's going to be the sexiest, right? And that's how I really focus the whole thing is the offers. Is you start with the entertainment of like, you know, how am I going to put this? And then what I do stylistically on videos to like, figure out how we should do it internally. Cause I got six people in house and a media team and this is what we do. But one thing I started doing is we'll meet in the boardroom and then we go to YouTube. And so let's say we're like, okay, Avengers is popping right now. We'll go to YouTube and then we'll start typing in the Avenger clips and we'll look at the style of which they shoot, the outfits, the dialogue, 
you know, anything that we can take from it. So we do a lot of modeling in regards to like how we should film something, et cetera. And yeah, man, that's pretty much it. But I tell people all the time is like, if people have seen my ads before and they're more highly produced, those ads can be effective. The most profitable ads right here. Cell phone. Okay. I remember now. I remember how you got me. You used to have this ad that was like you, but in the computer. Yeah, and I jump in the computer. And you jump yeah. in the computer, and I'm like, yeah. it must have been like right after I heard your name, because then I'm going to your website. I'm getting retargeted yeah. by this. I'm like, this is Billy Jean, and then, and you go like, and you're in the computer. I'm like, yeah. So how do you balance like the time? Because I feel like there's a trade off, right? Which is like, you could make a killer offer for the Avengers that you just filmed with your iPhone, and you're like, hey, what's up? In honor of Avengers release this weekend, I'm hosting my Avengers training session. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, you could do that. How do you balance the like, oh shit, this would be next level if we, you know, got the costumes and we did that whole thing? Like, do you have special offers that you would save that for? Yeah, great question. So it's not the offer. It's more just like, almost if I had to put in a formula, it's like, I try and at least have one branded video a quarter. So for example, the big one that we did was the Wolf of Paid Advertising, which was a spinoff of the Wolf of Wall Street. And that ad was seen probably over 10, 20 million times, something like that. And people loved that one. But again, trend, Wolf of Wall Street was a huge trend. It was for entrepreneurs. We all recognize the Wolf of Wall Street, whatever. So it was easy to do. It made sense. But also too, because I know I'm using paid ads as the medium to get it out there, that video is going to be an asset that I use forever. See, when people just get like obsessed with organic and just posting, that has a life shelf. And the life shelf is like three hours, maybe 24 hour max. But to me, I look at content the same way that most people look at houses. When people want to buy a house, why do they do it? Because it's an investment to protect their future, da 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 all of these reasons. To me, a good branded video and a video that sells your product or service It can live on and be used in so many different ways. And what does it do? It brings you cash flow. It brings you sales. And it takes a fraction of the time to actually create. So everyone listening here, I want you to get obsessed with your content like you would your investment in real estate, except it doesn't have like escrow and down payments required. All you need is this and to make the offer. And so I think I got sidetracked there, but I wanted to bring that point home. What was the question one more time? No, I, I, so I just was thinking, okay, you answered it, right? Which is, I asked you, how do you know when to invest like those? And you said you basically do one, because yeah. that's a nice guardrail, right? Hey team, we're going to try to do one of these branded things a quarter. Otherwise, like, because I think oftentimes when you have a great idea for a hook and an offer, I want that out like tomorrow, right? And so I'm not willing to be patient to be like, oh, let's wait. But you're right. I almost tell people, I'm like, Sometimes I don't like the fact that we have so many like branded fun videos out there because I don't want to ever put out the message that that's what it takes. And again, those brand ones are great for like people recognizing me. Oh, like I'll be in the, a cab. People like, oh, I've seen this, da, da, da. And that's good for like storytelling and the positioning. But the ones that make us money, almost all of them were like cell phone. Not that those don't make us money, but make us a lot of money. Our cell phone, that's it. Maybe single camera. And watch this, the shakier, the fucking better the conversions, I, I swear. Like, it's, we're, as we're, long as you can handle like the two or three trolls, it's like, someone get this, we should talk about, we'll talk about you, Billie Jean and trolls at the end of this. But okay. you know, yeah. if you, as long as you can handle the trolls, it's like, it's the realer. I mean, to me, the thing is like, all of the best marketing I've seen out there today is real, right? Because everybody, yes. nobody wants to be marketed to, nobody wants to be sold to. All of our bullshit meters are through the roof. And so all of the best ads don't feel like ads today. They feel like, oh, like I feel like, this is the first time I've talk to you, but I feel like I know you because most of your ads are through iPhone style videos. That is just your yes. shot walking down the street. And I bought your stuff today, not because you're coming on my podcast, but because I feel like you've earned my trust and credibility that I'm now willing to spend. And that I'm mm. only going to spend more now that I know that you're real. 
Dude, I appreciate that. And I think the, how I've summed it up is people don't buy for one reason, and that's because they don't believe you. And just think about like any industry under the sun, right? Like your product services, my products or services, if they believe they were going to have the type of return and impact that we know that people get, and they believed it to their core, with a thousand percent certainty, they would buy every time. So I keep that top of mind. And when someone's not buying my stuff, then I go, okay, well, what are they not seeing about me that has them still on the fence about really trusting me? And I think this is actually great. So for B2B, I think it gets really hard because usually the marketing team includes the brand identity cycle to it. And I saw like, I worked with like a lot of franchises. So I noticed that when I would have meetings with the particular location, the franchisee versus corporate, they cared about a whole different things, right? And so like the franchisees like, dude, I just want customers. I'm down to do this creative stuff. Then we get these handcuffs on us from corporate and corporate's like, we can't do that. We need to keep brand uniform and da da da. And I'm like, dude, that's okay. It's just not going to fucking work. It yeah. just won't work on social. And I think that's like the biggest challenge because in billboard radio television, you didn't have these factors because if you paid enough money, they would show your stuff no matter what. But now Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, if you have something that people aren't engaging with, they will literally just not show your ad. And the other thing I see, so like LinkedIn is like my number one channel, right? Yeah. And we've been able to build a big audience because we started doing text posts and posting videos, like walking, talking videos. Because on on LinkedIn, and this is the way I try to explain to people, I would say, pull up your LinkedIn feed right now on your phone. And they go to it and it's like 99% of the posts are like people that are at the company just doing this like kind of stock posting, like we're hiring. My company won some award. And it's like this big, you know, it looks like an ad. Even though it's not an ad, it looks like an ad because it's some, you know, shitty like unfurl image that you get (laughs) with the link. And so like when LinkedIn video came out, we were able to build a big audience fast because all of a sudden in a sea full of what looked like ads, all of a sudden is this like, you know. A human being. Wait, is that that a human? What? That looks like a human. Is the shine on his forehead real? Yes, it's real. And hey, I'm me. And by the way, I sound the same and act the same if you saw me in your LinkedIn feed, if you caught me out to dinner on a Saturday night after a couple glasses of wine with my wife, if you ran into me on a Tuesday morning, if you got my emails, if you saw me on a webinar, because those all things, like one of my favorite lessons on brand came from the Patagonia founder. There's a great book called Let My People Go Surfing. And he talks about the Patagonia brand. And he says, look, he says, our brand is easy. It's tell people who we are because it's so much easier to write nonfiction than it is to write fiction. And I've thought wow. of that every day since then from doing That's that. It, it's, it's harder to lie than it is to tell the truth. And so if yeah. you have to think about what your brand is every day, oh, okay, well, I'm at work now, so I got to be work, Dave, right? No, you just got to be the same person. And from that trust factor, let's even continue with that. Like, just think about it like logically here, you know, us as human beings, when we see someone and they're perfectly polished and they're together and they're like, you know, everything is good. We're trained to be like, sums up. What's the person? That's what our brains think. What's up? What's this person hiding? What are they not showing me? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's bad. So that's why that little bit of a shaky cam literally increases your conversions. Like, why is this person trying so hard to please me? These are the thoughts consumers have about all of our stuff. Right. So again, it doesn't mean you can't have the brand ones. I think there's a time and place for it because there is an element of trust that we get from seeing that. But what I've found from when people buy, when they swipe, it's what you were just saying. It's all people for sure. Okay. I got another question that I mean, want to get back to. So now you make this offer. You got a great offer. 
what advice would you give me, right? Because you can't just, I think the biggest misconception is you give this great offer and then what? You write a blog post about it. Like how do you get people into that funnel? So to get them to actually purchase? Yeah, because you need to get traffic into that funnel, right? So you can't just make an offer and then it's a blog post and a couple of people share it. Like I want to know how you get thousands of people into that funnel. Yeah, for sure. So I'll just go with the context of the example we were just giving, right? So here it is. Hey guys, I have a USB drive with my 10 best advertising campaigns. All you got to do to get it is just click this button below me or here or here, wherever it is, and tell me where to send it. So there's my call to action, right? And that's the big thing too, is I want to encourage everybody to not be afraid to have aggressive call to actions. I'm going to keep that word in there, aggressive, intentionally. And what I mean by that is, what I believe is people, most of the time when people aren't making an offer is because they have this psychology. Hey, you know what? I just don't want to keep offering them something because then they're going to get really turned off and offended. But I want everyone to shift their mind to, it's not about how many offers, it's about how you make your offer. Case in point, QVC, the entire channel is dedicated to making offers, but they do it in a fun, entertaining way, engaging way, et cetera. Certain comedians, like when people make you laugh, they can sell you something every time. You ever bought something from a salesman just because you liked them? So I would keep that in your mind. And so when you're creating content, the first step is to make sure that you do have an offer, okay? But how we throw gasoline on it, and for us, it's the quickest way that I've ever had an impact on my business, a business I've consulted with, students, whatever it is, client base, and it's spending money on ads. Mm. And I'm talking get really freaking aggressive. So our main channels, that are doing the best are the big ones, the Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. But the reason why most people are afraid of advertisements is because even now, whether it's B2B, B2C, whatever, we still keep viewing advertising as either one, an expense, or two, tomorrow bucks. And what I mean by tomorrow bucks is, yeah, you know, we're okay with investing in advertising, but you know, for us, that turn a customer in for another 30, 60 days, da, da, da. And here's the thing, tomorrow bucks are scary. For me too, because tomorrow bucks don't always come. Shit happens, da da da, and then you feel like, and then it goes into number one. Advertising becomes an expense. So what we're obsessed about with the company is making our money back the same day. That's our whole game. So for example, like to build up our membership site, right? So we've probably sold over 30,000 people. They didn't all stick, but over 30,000 people on our $109 membership site, all using just a video ad and a buy now button. And the way that we do that, so in January, we spent a half a million dollars in ads just on my personal brand alone to get these members. Now, people are like, well, I don't have that. Or like, I'm not going to approve that in the budget. Like, how do you spend so much? Well, simple. So take one day. We might spend 10,000 bucks or 20,000 bucks in one day. But that same day, guess how much we make back? However much we spent. And that's our obsession as a company is figuring out how to get our money back right away. Because guess what? I'll tell you guys right now, if I told you to spend a hundred bucks today in advertising and you made back that hundred bucks later that day, would you spend a hundred bucks the next day also? I'd be like free money. Everything that happens after this point has already been paid for. That's the obsession, dude. So we don't obsess on the ad as much as we do is the speed to recover our butts. And that is why an in-house marketing team is so important. That is why having six people just for media is important because when something doesn't work, like to create from concept, to putting an ad out, it will take us one to two days, max. And then when we put the ad out, 
If it doesn't work, we will spend no more than 100 to 500 bucks till we stop it and try something different if it's not. Because what we have found is shit will win or shit will lose. And if you ever play the gray area of like, oh, it's kind of winning, but we can just optimize this, you're wasting your time. Because you could be doing something new that gives you a fucking massive gain right out the gate and go. And that's what we look for. We look for the home run. You know, we'll take the strike up to the bases and we go. And that's why the speed is so crucial. So again, everyone listening, if you could just get obsessed with that, just make the money back as fast as possible, then everybody would spend much more in advertising. We just happen to fall into that category. This is so good, Billy, because what you said was, I was, I was going to ask you, I, I want to know the tech. So I was going to say, well, how much money do you spend? So you're telling me by spending less than 500 bucks, which for most of the companies listening to this podcast is, is nothing. They're venture backed, like that's 500 bucks, right? They buy uh, two people's lunch that costs that money. Okay? Yeah. Not a drift. <laughs> Okay, so you make this video, you spend 500 bucks. You said you can even spend 100 bucks. How do you know? Like, what does the math say on the winner? Is it a gut feeling? Yeah. Is it, man, this cost per click looks good, cost per lead looks good, or is it actual, like... Yeah, so the reason why we... It's not going to yeah, be statistically significant, right? That's what the math people would say to you. Yeah, well, so here's what you find, right? And I've spent a lot of money on ads, and this is all I've done for the last eight years is run stuff, is I can tell you this, and I'm going to use, like, absolute terms, but, like, there's exceptions to everything. So don't be that person who's listening like, well, that doesn't, almost all of the time. I have almost never seen an advertising campaign that sucked ass in the beginning that all of a sudden started working. Ever, any company, our own company included, consulting, my freaking, you know, tens of thousands of students, never heard about it. I've never seen an ad campaign that sucked ass and then just got better, period. And because of that, that's why we fucking do something else. And what I mean by that is like, you know, so I've done a lot of local legion, right? So like I've worked with like your massage envies, your orange theory fitnesses, like franchises, right? So what we have is two metrics that I pay attention to, and that's just our cost per lead and cost per sell. So for example, if a gym, because we've done a lot of legion for gyms, if they tell me that, you know, their cost per member needs to be a hundred bucks, I know they're probably not gonna close more than one out of ten people. So if their cost per lead is above $10 after spending 50, I can probably turn it off because it doesn't get that much better. Right. But I'll play a hundred bucks to play it safe. So that's the biggest shift. It's not TV. It's not billboards. It's not traditional media online. You can get the answer almost immediately. And if someone's telling you different, they're full of shit. Man. I'm telling you. And so now again, it doesn't mean you can't optimize things. So it doesn't mean that things get, but I'm just telling you, like if you're from conception to implementation, if you're even taking a week to test something, it's gonna be hard for you to win in this game. Because I'll explain it to you like this, most of our ads that we create actually don't work well, right? And we're really good at what we do. We strike out all the time though. But imagine this, imagine if I had three ads in a row that didn't work and it took me a week each time to get it up to test. That means three weeks have gone by, almost a month has gone by before I've gotten a winner. And here's the thing with that. What happens every single month? The expenses hit again. So what if it takes you six times to win? Now you're like almost two months in. Now you've had expenses hit twice. And I'm talking about payroll, right? That big one that comes out. And now you really feel it. You're like, holy shit, this marketing thing doesn't work. Da, da, da. You start making decisions out of desperation because your burn rate and everything else, right? And you're like, holy shit. Now, now, now I'll switch it to my company, right? And again, I'm just using me as an example, not because we're so great or anything like that. But Imagine us to do those six tests. It didn't take us two months. It took us six days. 
because every single day we tested something new. So we failed just as many times as you did. But guess what? We haven't even had one billing cycle go through yet. And on day seven, we're testing. You know? I love it. I think last year was able to, I got to meet with the CMO of Facebook at the time. And he said, I asked him, I he said, probably, what? He probably knows a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, he probably knows a thing or two. Also, that's a tough gig. It's a real tough gig. But yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, I said, what do the great marketers have in common? And he said, all the great marketers have this one thing in common, which is they're able to learn faster than the competition. And that's exactly yeah. what your example is, right? Which is like, if you're going to create this big ass campaign, then wait two weeks and try it again. Meanwhile, Billie Jean or whoever has already created 10, they're yeah. going to figure out. It's almost the same way like, you know, you got to write, if you're trying to write one killer headline, I always try to write 20 or 30 because I got to get the bad ones out of my system. And I know that there's going to be two or three in there. And it's just like, whereas the other, most people would just write one or two and see what happens, right? And then in addition to that, then there's the ad fatigue side, right? Because even when you get the winner, unfortunately, all campaigns die. Good campaigns die. Yeah, I right. think your example earlier, which is such a good lesson for me, because I'm not good at this, but just like, just, you either know right away. I always like, oh, we'll just be patient. But I love that. I'll take away that from this episode, which is like, it either happened or it didn't. That means yep. you know right away you don't. However, what you did said is true, which is you might have the pop, but ultimately it's going to flatten out, right? The law of shitty click-throughs, I think, is a guy is. Andrew Chen called it, which is over time, you know, the people see your ad seven, eight, ten times, it's not going to be as effective. Yeah. And then, and then also too, so for us, we're like, all right, while something's winning in the back end, we're getting ready for that next one. So we don't have that lull, like where shit's going good. And then it's like, oh no, what happened? So while something's winning, we're that same testing speed. We still have it. And we're like two ads ahead. So then people are like, man, I see these people everywhere. And, and da, da, da. So that's been major for us. Damn, you said something that triggered something that I really wanted to say. What was the last thing you said? The law of shitty click-throughs. We're talking about when somebody sees your ad seven, eight, 10 times, it stops working as well. Oh yeah. And so the other thing too is though, again, thinking about ads and you know, funnels and the whole thing is assets, you know, it will stop working. But what happens is when you take it off the table and you want to bring it back, you can later, right? So we ran a birthday promotion that is probably out of gas right now, but guess what? Next year, I'll do it again. So sometimes like don't, like once something dies, it can be resurrected in time. You got to build up. So don't forget about that too. And I think a lot of us leave money on the table because we had that thing that worked. It stopped working for a while. But yo, some of our best advertising campaigns have been ones that killed it. They flatlined. And then we're like, why do we stop doing that? We're like, oh, because it died. Well, let's try it again. Then we turn it on and it's got like another like two weeks in there of, of cash flow. So sometimes you guys are sitting on dead shit that's actually super profitable. And I advise you to give it a shot again, just to just forget. And you look at big companies, right? Look at, um, take a giant company like McDonald's, right? Okay. If you look at them from a marketing and a promotional cycle, they're brilliant because they'll come up with a campaign, get it to you for a couple months, and then they'll bring it back again in like a year. The McFlurry, right? Or what's the, the Irish thing? The Irish, like the Mc... Yeah, the, shamrock sh the shamrock shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shamrock shake. There you go, right? So they know that's an asset that they can deploy at another time. Their McRib or whatever the fuck. They got to make everything. But they have all this different stuff that they know works and they put it on the table. Or the best one they did for many years was the Monopoly game. Is they had the Monopoly pieces when you bought something and they did that for years and years and years. And it always created this huge surge for them. Then it started to flatten. They took it off. Then they brought it back again, right? So just everybody remembering like, you know, these are assets. They're just assets. And once you own the fact that this is an asset, you treat it differently. I love that. Cause I think you, you have to also as a marketer, like 
you can kind of map out the different times of the year. Okay. Like your birthday is what your birthday's in May. Right. Yep. And, and so, okay. So, you know, in May you're going to run the birthday offer, but you don't have anything in June. And so June is maybe when you'd go on Google trends and find oh, what's hot right now. So like, yes. I think it's always about these levers. Oh, July is slow. Oh, well, there's a holiday. You got 4th of July. You got, you can come up with some scarcity offer, offer around vacation. Like I think it gives you all the levers to pull if you can map and, out and the offers. And that's the advantage that corporations and companies that have been around for longer, they've had more time to deploy these assets that they can do it. So that's when you see their marketing plan that's like three years out. It's because they have the history to do it. Some of us, like especially if you're listening and you're on the small business side, like it's going to take you some time to build those up. Right. So like, just keep all of that in mind. Okay. I want to wrap up and talk about your birthday uh, offer. The results were ridiculous, sure. but I did have one more question on the testing piece of this. When you talk about testing, are you testing different offers? Or are you testing variations of that? Say, Hey, the thumb drive offer. Question, I'm glad you said it. So this is my humble opinion, but when we go into split testing and I'm talking like changing the headline, changing the color, changing the design, which all give you an incremental increase. But most of the time when a campaign is failing on a paid ad side, it's usually missing by a large margin. And the only thing that I have seen time and time again, give you a major shift. And I'm not talking about like, well, look, that's a 10% increase because the truth is a lot of times that 10%, 15%, even the 20% isn't enough, right? Or you're not spending enough consistently for it to there. But to have the fucking major shifts, I'm telling you this, it's the offer. So when we test, we almost do zero split testing. We do offer swapping. Like it's the biggest thing, especially like thinking of the world of franchise where I come from and doing Legion for them. You know, we can optimize things to give them more longevity. So you come up with a campaign, the offer's working, it's going well, and you want to keep it going. Then you test by bidding by, for traffic, you know, bidding for impressions, retargeting this, look like you do all of these technical things that gives it length. But when you want a spike, change the offer. Give you a great example, company I work with. They told me one of the best promotions they ever ran was when they decided to give out a pair of boxing gloves. And then they did that for a long time. That worked well. When it started to go down, they changed the color of the boxing gloves to freaking pink. The offer was like pink boxing gloves. Or, you know, on the, like the franchise side, it was like a two-week trial versus a one-week trial versus a 10-day paid trial versus a 30-day trial. Like the offer. And this is actually where a lot of larger corporations struggle because when you change the offer, it changes a lot of like the deliverables, the process, and it gets harder to do. So I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm wow. telling you, if you're at a standstill and you're banging your head, like, what's my marketing team doing? Why am I not getting the result? What's happening? I swear to you, you buckle down and you find a way to make it happen to change the offer. It's everything. It's everything. I love that because I think that, I mean, that's a mistake that I've made personally is, okay, I got this great idea. But no, I got to come up with five variations to test. But your point is basically you test to optimize. So the USB drive offer is working like gangbusters. Maybe it starts to slow down a little bit. That's when you split test. Yep, exactly, exactly. Then it's, so it's like the secondary thing, right? So it's already showed promise that it's going to work. And that's been so backwards for us. And you know, the reason why I started testing like this is because remember when I came into this game, I started at my parents' house. I didn't have anything. But when I started to get clients for my agency, which was really just fucking me in my house, like trying to like get people to let me do Facebook for them, because I had no trust, confidence, courage, background, case studies, the only thing I sold on was money back guarantees. 
And I said, Hey, if I don't get you an ROI, and we know how that is in marketing, like that's really hard to do. If I said, if I don't get you an ROI, guess what? I'll give you your money back. And then sometimes I even promise to pay double. So scale of one to 10, how motivated was I to actually drive results more than anybody? What I learned in that short lesson is how to show ROI. And I had to do it fast. And that stuck with me forever. So a lot of like the testing theories I've had is because I've always had the gun, you know, I've had to make it profitable. I just had to, I didn't have another choice, you know, and, and then I just stuck with that. And then also too is, you know, a lot of companies have experienced a promotion that worked extremely well. For me, when something works well, I'm like, if you can do it once and you can do it again. So the little things, right? Like when I've had campaigns that literally will just print money same day, like three to one, internally, we set a new standard for ourselves. That's what we do is we go for that. But I think a lot of people, you know, you have something good and you think like, oh, well, that was just lucky. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It can be replicated. So set that standard for yourself of like, hey, you have killer campaigns. If it's not killer, you know, then you try again. And it doesn't mean you can't have the little shit on in the meanwhile, like the other stuff that's like consistent, but keep shooting for the big thing. All right. Speaking of offers that were just printing money, your birthday. So you just turned 31. You did a 31. What'd you do? Quickly walk me through the offer. And then maybe, you know, I've been seeing those screenshots around there creeping up towards six, <laughs> nine figures now. No, it's now, figures? now as of today, yeah, that campaign did a million bucks, that Pretty campaign cool. alone. And uh, I'll explain it to you because it was the nuttiest thing ever. And I personally <laughs> learned a ton of stuff from it. Number one, CEO. And I, I also, I have a CMO, but I'm very into the marketing side too. I'm a marketing guy, right? I can at times be confident and I can at times be arrogant to a fault. And what I mean by that is, you know, this mentality, I've seen it all done it all. Anyways, it was my birthday. And I said to my team, we have to run something on my birthday because there will be no other time throughout the year where we get this much engagement. For example, when people see it's someone's birthday, they like it they comment, they share it. Therefore, as a result of that, I'm not going to have another opportunity to get this shared. I have to make an offer. I own that. So I tell my team that. I say, what should we offer? It's got to be fucking special. And we just sit there and brainstorm. It probably looks like your guys and everybody else's too. We just sit in the fucking room and just say weird shit. Yeah, we did that. And then one of my team members, he goes, well, why don't we try and offer our courses for low ticket? We've never done it before. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Da, da, da. And I said all the no shit. But then because I was so tired and I was just lazy, I said, all right, fuck it. We'll try you guys' little low ticket thing, whatever. We'll do it. And they go, okay, so which course should we put on for 31? I said, oh, no, no, no. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Give them all. I said, give them all. Again, and that's just with the offer of irresistible. Like, this is a good note for everybody. An irresistible offer isn't the offer that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Right? Like, we're like... This is how it usually goes. Yeah, let's offer 20% off. And we're like, no way, we can't do 20%, but like, ah, are the margins still good? And it's like, ah, that's not an irresistible offer. An irresistible offer is one that makes you want to run for the hills, makes you want to go there. And also to remember this, the value is created after the experience. So a lot of times, like some of you are like, let's discount our product. But if nobody's ever tried it, it means nothing to them. So a discount doesn't you know, change very much because they like, it doesn't mean anything to them. So anyways, going back, I said, all right, well, we're going to do it. We're going to do something crazy. I said, fuck it, 31 bucks for all of our courses that we've done in the past. And we knew we had an ongoing recurring revenue model. So we're like, whatever. And then the team told me no. They're like, no, that's crazy. Da, 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 da. And I was like, guys, I don't care. Try it. We're going to see what happens. So we do. Then the next thing, as far as the process goes, and this is a good note, is 
what's the story? You know, and this is classic. Everyone marketers like everyone knows like what's the story? You know, what's the reason why we're doing the promo? And so it was my birthday, and I was thinking about like what are some thoughts that we have internally on our birthdays? Because it's a really weird day, right? Like it's exciting, but as we get older, I feel like it's also very reflective. And so I have crazy thoughts on my birthday. I'm like, well, fuck. It's been a hell of a ride. What if I fucking died today and it was all over? And I was like, that's it. That's the position. And so once I identified the story for my birthday and we had this crazy offer that made sense, I said, well, let's give it a test. And I honestly expected it to do like 30 grand. I just low ticket. I was like, I don't know. It's going to ruin everything. And I wrote this ad and it started off by saying, first, today is my birthday. Why? So everybody stops. They have to engage and I get that engagement. It's going to be shared. That was the very first line. And then I said, next line, all I can think about is dying. That's the polarization, getting attention, knowing they're going to pay attention to. And then I went into dive details and I put like, how am I going to die? When's it going to happen? Da, 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 da. And then, you know, the last thing was, will I be remembered or will I be forgotten? And I was like, I don't want that to happen. I want it to be a legacy thing. So for today, we're going to do a $31 promo for all my shit. We'll call it the legacy bundle. Click here and buy now. And then we had like the timer and everything to do it. Wake up in the morning. And we're like, bright and early in the morning, we're at like 20K on this offer. And I'm like, holy shit. Then we keep going and trickles up, like 30K, 40K. And I look at the team, I'm like, are you guys seeing this? Like, this thing is working. So then I started to go to Instagram to post. I'm like, hey guys, we're running this promotion. Then another 10 grade trickles in, another 10 grand, another 10 grand. Now it's going crazy. And I'm like, holy shit, we're onto something. We push again, we push again. We look up 300K, boom, boom, we push again. Then I'm posting it on social to add gasoline. Hey guys, we're running this promotion. Now I'm putting screenshots. Here's what's happening. Look at this thing. Now I'm using social proof. Now everybody else is getting out. They're like, I'm missing out. Then I'm showing the customers, hey, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, boom, boom, boom. And we're putting this. Then I'm like, okay, now let's email people. Now let's text. Let's use all of our distribution. And we're posting, bam, bam, bam. And then we're like, well, day one, let's keep it going. People going. Then we open it up five days, bam, 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 bam. And then once it was done, we ended up pushing out like four days and we brought in like six or 700K just from that. Then we did another promotion. How we did it, another 25 bucks to that same audience. Boom, boom, boom. And we ran that promotion. And then we reopened it. There's just this weekend. We're like, but we raised the price. We said, you guys missed it last time. Stop playing games. And then over this weekend, it did another quarter of a million bucks. Bam. I love and it. That's the example of like, it's never over until it's over. Right. So now that that funnel, 1 million bucks. It's One insane. It's insane. It's my favorite campaign I've seen in a long time. It's really Dude, it's good. My, it's it's really good. Oh, of course. Yeah, I didn't make a million bucks off it. And I like it that much. And no, here's but, the crazy thing. In total, we probably spent about 100 grand in ads. I was going to ask you, what? do you remember the initial Instagram ad spend that kicked it off? The kickoff, like when I was waking up to that, dude, it was all like almost all email and text. We had a couple of thousand bucks. So I put ads in because again, I wasn't excited about it. I didn't think it was going to be that tight. I thought it was like, whatever, we make like 30 grand and like, we're, you know, I, I didn't. And so once it started working, then we started turning the ads. And so the ads came in later. Mm. So it was almost all organic. And you know, that goes to show like, here's a tool that really surprised me because I know you like to talk about the marketing shit too. Dude, I underestimated Instagram in the power of organic. Like I recommend every brand and people, you build up a serious following on Instagram. Because when I was posting on Instagram, fucking people were buying, buying. It's, it's, now when I put my expensive crazy. stuff there, it doesn't work as well, but that cheap, so that was huge. I think you hit on something, right? The, you hit the, I think the whole genius part of the offer is number one is you hit on the emotional, not the emotion, but the, the built-in trigger. You have this built-in trigger of awareness, which is it's your birthday. 
right? Yeah. I don't go on Facebook anymore. I just use Instagram, but I still have people that every year just write on my wall, happy birthday. So already you built in an offer with, you know, hundreds of comments, just people saying happy birthday, right? That's, exactly. That's, that's, and that's what we saw. So on the ad, when it was running, even people who didn't buy, they were still saying happy birthday. So my cost per click was going down. And again, it's like talking about the promotional calendar, just everybody, like you got to have a birthday, like you got to offer some shit on your birthday. Just, yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. I got about seven. I've just been scribbling notes. I don't know why I can write them down later, but it's just been fun. <laughs> All right, Billy, I want to wrap up real quick since this is yep. the swipe file. I want to just see if I can get a couple things out of you. So number one is what's in your swipe file? Give me one book that you've given out the most or recommended the most kind of other marketers. The one recently that I've been giving the most out is four D's of execution. Four Ds of Execution and Scaling Out by Vern Harnish. Those have been the two. And I know they're not so much on the marketing side, but I think as far as like just building systems and processes for the company, it's even made me bring a systems and process outlook to marketing, which can be pretty abstract and like creative in this thing. So that's been really, really, really helpful for me, I would say. And also to my biggest problem areas, I would say those are, yeah. Sorry, don't get too much process. You seem to have a good thing going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then right. next one be, what about like, who's a person that you, I start off this podcast saying, I've been swiping and looking at your stuff. Who's somebody that you kind of keep an eye on and, and see? Rus- Russell Brunson. I definitely, I mean, cool dude. And also too, he's a master of fast experimenter too. So like Russell Brunson is a, a big one. Frank Kern is a big one. And so, you know, and I've, I've gotten to coach and work with them, like get coached by and work with them. And, and Russell's come to the studio and shit. I pick these guys' fucking brain. Like, you know, they're, they're on it. They experiment more. Ty Lopez, another one, like just having all these, because they just experiment. The people who spend the most and are experimenting the most, they always have the most data because they have shit. You know, oh, this worked for me. Oh, this worked for me. Oh, this worked for me. So that's been a thing. My boy Vince Reed, another tech tip, like just guys in the trenches who are spending most, those have been really, really like crucial for me because they've seen a lot, you know? Love it. All right, Billy, this has been amazing. Like my favorite part about doing this podcast is I get to interview people that I can learn from and I just did that. So thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Everyone it. keep listening, damn it. Just plug your stuff real quick. Where can people sure. go find Billy, you? Billy Jean is marketing and Jean is G-E-N-E. That's why genius, genius, that's how we spell it. But billygeneismarketing.com, go there and we will retarget you forever. And also follow it's me. It's true. You'll be in, you're trapped in the funnel. Next thing you know, you're pulling out your credit card. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of The Swipe File. I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast. And so because it's fun for me, I hope it's fun for you. And it would mean the world if you could leave a review. Reviews really help. Uh, And so go leave a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Let me know what you liked about the show, didn't like, want to hear more of. And also, if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. The show is everywhere that you get your podcasts, probably where you're listening right now. But if you want more content like this, if you want to go a layer deeper, join me on Drift Insider. It's drift.com slash insider. We're teaching courses, we're sharing videos, and we have exclusive content for people just like you in marketing that we do not share publicly. So go and check it out, drift.com slash insider.